One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate. I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show We're the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. Every time I have this one guy on, confusion ensues, but I want to be a part of a special anniversary for him because, not to bury the lead, but we're doing this on the five-year anniversary of the day that Chris Young lost his leg, and I don't imagine that's an anniversary that you forget. Mm-hmm. No, not at the least. Now, I don't necessarily want to say that this is the day that you were cancer free because they would have had to check on that later. Right. Right. So this is really just the point where you lost your leg five years ago, but that was because for anybody who hasn't listened to the first show you were on, you had a, I guess a very sizable tumor in it. Right. It was a soft tissue cancer that was originally supposed to take nine months to go through the regimen and it took 11 because of i think after the amputation they had to wait the extra like six weeks and that's what pushed it back but when it was time they said you can keep on doing chemo you can get it radiation get it cut out or you can have the leg cut off and i'm just like hey i don't use it i don't feel it it's not going to come back if it's gone so do it yeah you don't need it anyway if you're already using a wheelchair that's right i mean certain people in wheelchairs can move their legs but yeah heather can my girlfriend i used to be able to until i had a surgery that botched that but that's a whole different story Mm. so five years removed from this and how you feeling about it i'm feeling pretty good um actually just recently um Shout out to one of my friends, uh, Miss Suzanne Dudley. Her son went through it, and uh, he was 16 or 17, somewhere in there, when he passed from his, and his was the same as mine, just in a different place. And her efforts, I'm assuming, have spearheaded a investigation in the area to, you know, investigate you know, where this came from. So here I am getting ready to have my anniversary and we are facilitating basically uh, insight into who, what, where, when, and why so we can try to fix this. So the same thing that happened to you, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of other people, but it happened to this kid and that kid didn't make it. Right. And neither, neither have, I believe, at least three other cases that I know of. And the year that I had been diagnosed, there were five cases just in St. Mary's County. And, you know, really, for, for reference on a map, we're not like the size of Texas or whatever. We're like, I mean, I don't know what you would call us, but we're basically a small town. Well, Maryland by itself is not really a gigantic state. And the only lead that we think we have, I think they're called PFCs or whatever, fluorocarbon or something. And they're used in the firefighting, the aqueous firefighting foam that 
Say that three times fast. Exactly. Yeah. To, to put out fires on Pax River, on the military base. So, you know, they're thinking that the chemicals from the foam are going into the river, and then we're drinking the water, you know, running off from the river, and that's why we're, you know, getting sick so numerously. Okay, I got to make it clear at this point. This is a theory. Yeah, you know, we we did our own little thing before, and uh, Mom tried to reach out to you know some of the companies, and they said, you know, oh, it's not breast cancer or ovarian or da 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 da. So basically, the bang for the buck was too small, so we were dismissed. But somehow, somebody from the Environmental Protection Agency or something. I, I remember seeing the word environment in there. You know, a high-up official is going to look into this and see if it has anything to do with... I mean, you know it's got to because, you know, there's so many things involved with the environment these days, you know, GMOs and I can't even list, list them all, but stuff of that nature. It is interesting, and I don't mean this necessarily in a good way, but to think about how cancer would develop localized in your leg versus like lung cancer, breast cancer, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, the specific type that I had is known to populate, you know, in two general places. It's usually in the leg or in the lung is what they told me. But, like, for instance, I believe the young man I was talking about had his on his arm. So mm-hmm. it's not like set in stone, but, you know, generally out of the two places that it's known to be the most, and I don't even know if the, the most is, is the right word for it, but what they've seen it occur out of those two places, it was the least the meaning place to be, you know, if it was in my lung, then I had to be a little more careful. But, you know, number one, with me not having the feeling that I have the luxury of not having, then, and not using it, not walking on it, because, you know, walking on it simply, you know, gives it more blood flow, and then it gives it more chance to eat, to grow. And then being able to have that resolve to say, okay, it's, it's just a extraneous body part anyway, you know. It wasn't like it was a, a lung or anything like that where I was like, I'm not going to be able to do anything that I didn't do before after this. It's weird that you would call it an extraneous body part when you're talking about one of your legs. But again, not all of us use our legs anyway. Not all of us can. Right. Again, I didn't know you five years ago, so I wouldn't have known your mindset at the time. But it sounds to me like this was a very easy decision for you. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember going up into the room. It was my mom and dad both sitting there with me at the time. Dad made it appear as if he was the more matter of fact. And then mom was the more take it with a grain of salt and emotion stance. Mom was like, you know, it's a part of you, and there are memories with that part of you that you'll never be able to get back. And I'm like, 
Yeah, but it's a physical body part that has an ailment that I don't want to have in me. So, you know, and the other options basically all led to pressure areas because what happens when you burn something is it leaves a big mark. And if you sit on it for a long time, it leaves a pressure sore. And then if you cut it open, same thing, only it would have a big scar there for the rest of my life. So basically, aesthetically and physically, it was the best option. It's interesting that your mother, who I've met once, and I'm not calling her out or anything, but she would take that route of like, you have memories with your leg. But again, this is a part of your body that you didn't really use unless you knew something specific happened to it like this. Those are pretty much all the memories you'd have of it. Yeah. It's not like I lost my favorite stuffed animal in a fire. It's, you know, losing a leg that unless science, you know, gets its budding gear and there's some kind of non-genetically modifying whatever that allows me to use my link again and I'll get a prosthetic or something but until then I'm not in any mood to do it I don't have any um, preconceived notions let's just say so that's more generally a, a disability issue across the board I think of people who don't have them sort of wonder if we'll ever recover from what's happened to us I really feel for the ones that were like oh I used to be fully, and then I was in an accident, and now I can only do partially. Or, you know, there's instances like my sweetie, she's almost there, and she can just taste it. But every time her legs get tight, she has to go back to therapy to ensure more ability to walk again because it's almost, but not quite, and sometimes that just burns us to oblivion but sometimes that drives us to be close is good enough i got this i can do it and it's like she posted she said it might be ugly but she's got it it's like the opposite of the whole phrase instead of it ain't broke don't fix it if it ain't working you can't break it <laughs> you could try to fix it but yeah not well, everybody can be fixed well, so to speak mm -hmm. she has cp though right yes yeah I don't think I've ever met anybody with CP that had it gradually get worse. Mm -hmm. I don't know how common that is. I've only recently understood that that is a thing that can happen. Right. Well, I don't know if it's such a thing as a worsening or if it's just, if we're talking about the legs here, it's my understanding that they're generally tight and then you have to stretch them out to make them more flexible and then it's easier to attain walking on loose legs than stiff legs that's actually how i lost movement in mine because i had spinal fusion when i was almost 17 mm. at the time i had degenerative scoliosis which sometimes comes with spina bifida right I was told, and this was in the mid-90s, so, you know, things have probably gotten easier since as far as doing this procedure, but I was told that I would have to have my hip flexors released in right. order to make me lay flat on my stomach. Yeah, and me too. 
And that is what caused me moving in my legs. Right. Yeah. So we have a rule with, you know, any sort of PT or whatever that, and even when I go to surgery, if they roll me over, mom, it's like, please put something underneath so that his legs, leg doesn't stiffen up or, you know, contract while you're on the, on the table or, Actually, like you said, the hip flexion too. I think they could literally like break off. The the irony is the only leg I have left, I've broken three times. Oh no! Yeah, talk about a twist of irony. The one that was the bugaboo is the one that stayed, and the one that was the uh, saving grace, the picture of health was is gone. There's no cancer in it, but you keep breaking the thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So ironically, this is the most, I don't want to use the word coherent, but I think it's appropriate that you've been, in my opinion, since I've been doing this show, because I haven't had to ask you once what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a certain irony to that too. You know, on the day that I talk about losing something, I gain the most sense. I mean, obviously, this was a very personal event for you. And it's been five years for you to reflect. Obviously, you have the most important perspective on it because it was your leg. Right. Yeah. I've always approached things with candidness, you know, just put it out there, make it general and let it roll. No pun intended. I would have said it if you didn't. Yeah, exactly. Because there are so many puns to be made uh-huh. when a, when someone in a wheelchair says the word roll at all. Right. Yeah. 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 I was watching actually something the other day where there was an episode of this show called Beyond Belief from the 90s where somebody, you know, was a stand up comic and he, he just bombed every night and his manager was arguing with him or something and he backed up and he broke his leg or something and had to have it. It was so badly mangled it had to be amputated. And the guy that was trying to be cynical actually ended up trying to or ended up helping the guy in the end and saying, why don't you be a sit-down comedian? And then the guy got so famous from that decision that the guy that was trying to put him down ended up being his cab driver at the end. That might be trash. Well, not necessarily. I can tie it into the fact that I know there's a stand-up comedian. I don't know if all he does is stand-up, but the same thing that happened to you happened to him. Mm, okay. So he only has one leg now. Mm. His name is Josh Sunquist. Okay. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Oh, is he the guy that does the... There's a guy that does, like, costumes. Are yes! You- yeah, he, he stands up on one leg or something. Yeah, he has shown, if you go to his social media, I don't know which, but he's all over the place. But he, I think that he did this on Halloween. He showed different costumes he's been over the past few years. Yes. All of them were like inanimate objects that, well, no, some of them were, were other things. Like he was a flamingo and... Yeah right but he was also like a lamp 
and yeah i remember that's the one i can think of but yeah it it was all these inanimate objects mostly that he could fit into the costume because he only had one leg right he was like lumiere from beauty and the beast the candle i think something like that my my girlfriend put it up heather one day and and she said maybe when maybe next year we can do a couple's costume like this i said up to you <laughs> obviously i can't stand up but i do this thing for halloween anyway way where because of my leg i try to be creative and i try to be like take one of those rubber saws or whatever and pretend to be sawing something and then all of a sudden like this rubber leg could fall and I could have a ball with that. Or you could have one of those magic boxes and you could be in the box and like she could saw you in half and say that she missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my chair does lean back. So you could put a box over top, like a cardboard box. And then I would just lay the chair all the way back. I'd be looking up at the sky all day, but whatever. You might need something to replace your leg in that costume, though. Yeah, well, Spirit has those little rubber ones. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So you just stick that out of there. And then when she goes to start cutting, you just make the leg fall. That's half the gag right there. Right. That's the whole gag if people don't know you. Exactly. There you go. So (laughs) we got next year's costume, Heather. Glad I helped. Thank you. If it works, I want 10%. Right, yeah. 10% of what? I don't know. No, 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 no. Uh, Remember my joke? Do you remember what I used to say? I I remember a lot of jokes from you, unfortunately, but... Well, oh, well, thank you. But anyway, um, it was 10%. The joke used to be 10%. Oh, gosh, I didn't even do that on purpose. Right. So it was almost like you were meant to be to say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you well i mean i can give you 10 percent of the profits but 10 percent of me is is gone and my the irony is i've been you know and this is me being schmoozy here yeah i've been doing my 10 percent off tattoo but instead of putting the 10 percent in the ribbon i've been putting hfm because she's filled that 10 percent and double fold so 110, if you will. I still say if you can't stand up, it's questionable that one leg would be 10% of your body, but... Mathematically, it is. um, I think your legs are 10, your arms are... I think it's 10, 10, 50, and then... uh, What is that? Well, this can't be... Your head? Maybe this is 20. 10, 20... I don't know. I did the math one day. Well, let's see. If your arms and legs are like 40%, yeah, then you, this could be 50, and that would be Your 90. torso could be 50, and your head could be 10. Yeah. yeah. But that would mean all your limbs are 10. I don't know. Well, I mean, your, your core is your biggest part. That's true. Yeah. I would give the head less than the arms, though, so I would say... I think you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing math about body parts on it. So you want to do something that I just debuted last week and I want to do again? Let's do it. You ever go on Reddit? Mm -mm. So on Reddit, 
they have these examples of stories being told by people that are asking other people, am I the a-hole for doing something questionable? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you know those. I want to start focusing on those pretty much on every show I do from here on out when they have to do with disability. So I don't call this, am I the a-hole? I call it, am I the ableist? Oh, geez. Okay. Am I the ableist for wearing a shirt that mocks a disability? This is really petty, and I apologize in advance. I am a 16 female and have a very noticeable stutter that impacts my daily life like school, my job, and socializing. I love Adam Sandler movies, and a couple years ago, my dad got me a Billy Madison shirt for my birthday. It says, Today, Junior, with four T's on it. My mom, 50 female, tries very hard to be woke, and she's an armchair activist. I wore the shirt today, and she told me to take it off before leaving the house because she it could offend people with disabilities, and she doesn't want me to cause trouble. I was so confused because I literally have a speech impediment. I said this to my mom, and she told me that people wouldn't know by looking at me, which is a very valid point. This is why I think I might be the ableist for wearing a shirt mocking a disability. What this person seems to really be talking about is, is it okay for the people that have the disabilities to wear shirts that sort of make fun of those disabilities in a way, especially if those disabilities are not apparent just to the naked eye? You are who you are, and, you know, there's no such thing as volume on a shirt. You know, you can't push push a button and turn up the volume, so you, all you're going to be doing is reading words anyway. So whatever tone you choose to associate with that is up to the eye of the beholder. And if you're sitting there and you're going, uh, well, that's supposed to read in a in a uh, you know informed sense, and then somebody else reads it and says, "Oh, that's supposed to be read in a comical sense." You know, those are two different things about the same sentence. You know, there's this joke that goes, "You know, let's eat grandma," or "Let's eat comma grandma." You know, somebody reads that and goes, oh, "We're going to eat grandma today." And somebody reads that and goes, no, you idiot, that's a comma right there. So they're talking to grandma and saying, let's eat. So that can change with the way it's said, too, right? right. Phonetics in itself and yeah. grammar and yeah. word, word placement are so diverse that, and you're never going to make everybody happy. So it, it's the difference between let's eat grandma and let's eat grandma. Right, exactly. You know, there's gonna, there's never gonna be ten of words on a shirt. There's never gonna be volume. There's never gonna be pauses because you can't hear a shirt. You read a shirt. Sometimes you don't have to though, because well, I'll right. give you an example of something that happened to me. I tend to whip this out in the summertime, and you, you only met me in person once, right? So you wouldn't have seen this. But I have a shirt that says, "I'd rather be walking." Okay. And, and you had to take a drink of water as soon as I said that. So you almost spit. <laughs> spit exactly. <it> out. Right. 
Yeah. But this was intended to be a shirt that was for people that walked for exercise. Right. But I saw an episode of this show called House uh, in which the main character already has a disability because he got in some accident and messed up his leg. Mm -hmm. But there's a episode where he actually uses a wheelchair, I think, as some sort of bet. Right. And on the back of it, he put a bumper sticker that says, I'd rather be walking. Yeah. So I was watching that with a friend of mine and and he said, you need a bumper sticker like that. I said, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, sure. Because I don't think anybody would ever pay attention to a bumper sticker on my wheelchair. So I'm going to see if I can find it on a T-shirt. And I did. There's only been one person that's ever not realized that that shirt is supposed to be a joke. Mm-hmm. I was friends f- with that person for about two years. And the first time we met in person, I wore that shirt. Based on their negative reaction to it, I knew that wouldn't last long. Uh well, if you want to talk about shirts, and this could be... Yeah, why not? Let's talk about shirts. Yeah, if you want to talk about shirts, this can be ammo in your belt for the next conversation you have. Uh, if you do line up with Heather, you know, ask her about some of the shirts that she has, because some of them do associate with little nuances of us-isms, if you will, because one of them... You know, she's got one, I believe, that says, you know, keep staring and we'll do tricks or, you know. Keep staring, I might do a trick. I've seen that one a lot. That's like the most readily accessible one that has to do with disability, I think, which is why I don't have it, because I I feel like everybody else does. Yeah. And then there's one that's like, um, don't make me get out of my wheelchair because she's able to. Um, And then, you know, she'll even do ones like, you remember Aaron Fotheringham? I don't know him, but I, I know the name, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Fotheringham was on, um, I guess. America's Got Talent. Yeah, AGT, right. And he used to be a thing, part of a thing called, I think he might still be, but it was called Nitro Circus. Mm-hmm. And she went just to, you know, I guess support. I don't know if it's all disabled or whether they're just, you know. It's not. I know that because there was another guy on uh, America's Got Talent another guy in a wheelchair and he did a different stunt than Aaron did. It was the same kind of thing, except he, this guy did it from a dirt bike and not his wheelchair. Oh, okay. Um, But the point being that guy was already a part of nitro circus. Right. And he got injured while doing a stunt. And that's why he's using a wheelchair now. Oh, okay. But anyway, she has one of his shirts, you know, long story short uh, from I think this is 2018 or something. And it's the handicap symbol like on a um, sign for parking, mm-hmm. but it's like rotated. I don't know how many degrees that is, but basically where the head is pointing upwards, that on the shirt it's pointing like down and to the right because it's upside down. And that was basically what he did to show, you know, He's a stunt man that looped the loops and all that, and he wanted to like make it look like he was doing one on on the shirt. 
anyway, I think she's mastered many things, honestly. It's, but we'll get to that later. But mastery of displaying favoritism to the disabled community and herself and her self-confidence without making it look arrogant. And that's all I think that girl was trying to do when she was wearing that shirt about, you know, the setter. Because, you know, if you knew about the movie, then all you had to do was go, oh, yeah, that's... The I best mean, examples of situations like that are ones in which shirts like that can be very personal to who the people that are wearing them. Mm -hmm. But it sort of also highlights their culture if you will yeah there is some culture to disability that's pretty universal actually no matter what you have right well like at, at face value you know somebody could just say you know oh she must be a big fan of what did it say happy gilmore what, what movie was it it was some adam sandler movie but anyway mm-hmm we could say, you know, oh, she must just really like Adam Sandler, whoever the, the father was that said that, you know. <laughs> Basically insinuating just the memorabilia from the movie, not going any further. But the most intrinsic thinker would go, I mean, knowing the way that today goes, you know, there's any number of things you could say, how rude, how inspirational, how funny, anything. Well, with the example that Reddit gave, and I'm sure there are more just like it, but you got to remember, first of all, you're talking about a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. So she knows her own situation, but she, again, might not realize, well, other people are going to take this the wrong way. Yeah. I have the one example of somebody taking my shirt the wrong way, but I have yeah. a lot more examples of strangers loving that shirt and others that I have to the point where like they start conversations with me sort of about their own experience with disability, whether it's indirect or not, you know, right. and, right. and yeah. that could be a whole different show because yeah. for some of them, I don't know why they told me those stories. Right. Chris, I want to thank you for being the inspiration for yet another episode. Literally, we just put this together this morning. Yep. And yep. it's going to be edited and put out probably by the beginning of next week. Thanks to everybody else for listening. Remember, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, YouTube, and TikTok. Links are going to be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.